0: To our podcast. It's called Cosplaying Cocktails. This is Paige, and I'm Jesse. As always, as always. Um, hey Jesse, hey Paige.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited for today's episode. But in the meantime, we got some corners. Corner, corner. Yeah, let's do some corners. Um, you made a cocktail. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, wait, hold on. Uh, oh, we gotta pause for that cocktail uh corner jingle that you've done.
0: I don't remember it. Well <laughs> Are you pausing to edit it in or do you yep. want me to sing no, it because gonna, I absolutely don't remember it? Gonna edit it in. Was I screaming? <laughs> I feel like I'm probably was just screaming nonsense. <laughs> I'll let you listen to it in a little bit. You haven't put it out in an yeah, episode yet. It was oh god. I can't imagine it's good. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell him about your drink? Uh, well, this is actually a drink from your Lord of the Rings uh cookbook that I just happen to have um all of the ing- ingredients for. So, um, uh, it is called Miravor. Uh, Miravor is an elvish reviving cordial made from. Yavanna's flowers and used in elvish festivals. In Lord of the Rings, Elrond gives Gandalf a flask of mirivore. It comes in handy for the fellowship when they drink it to revive themselves after braving the treacherous snowy mountains crossing Caradhras. In the cookbook, yeah, the recipe does not call for alcohol. No, it's a mocktail, so you could easily you could easily um make it as The recipe calls for, Mm -hmm. um, and making a mocktail, but we replaced uh, sparkling wine for sparkling water, Mm -hmm. and it's pretty darn good. It's pretty good. It's got rose water in it, which is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I love. It's very. It's very like refreshing. Yeah, like summer. Yeah, it's like reminds me of like a nice lemonade. Like.
1: uh, Do you want to tell them what's what all is? Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want to like pirate this cookbook, but it's got uh, sugar. We did not put in the amount of sugar it called for because it's still pretty sweet. Lemon juice and rose water. Yep, and wine. And then yep, and then we use sparkling wine. So, um, yeah. And it suggested we could ju- uh, zhuzh it up with some mint, so we zhuzhed it up with some mint, and it really, really kind of put it over the top. There, it's good. It's real good. Yeah. This is definitely one of our most solid cocktails. Yeah, probably because we use a recipe <laughs> instead of just making up bullshit, <laughs> throwing things together that we had and being like, "This is it." Or, I don't know what you're talking about. Or having your husband pour 84 ounces of moonshine into a glass and calling it a di- and nutmeg. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a good solid cocktail. Yeah, cocktail
1: corner, y'all. You feeling curious about anything over there?
0: I am. I have a question for you. Can't wait. And for the listeners. Something's on my mind. That means question time. I'm gonna ask you a question. So, my question for you and the listeners today is, what stands out to you as one of your favorite cosplays that you've seen someone else do at a convention?
1: Ooh, uh, you know honestly, I would say, um, our guest on today's podcast uh she did a mysterio, and it was just mind blowing all of it we we're gonna talk to her more about that, but like
0: uh, I did talk about that cable weekend, yeah yeah it was i it it was very cool and of course we saw a ton of amazing cosplays right that's what yeah um, that you know there's other
1: ones so too, but right.
0: but hers yeah. are on my
1: mind, and honestly, when I think of like Dragon con this year, like her her mysterio and haley's Agatha, just all those layers on haley's Agatha and michael's dr straight like there's just like I don't know, mm-hmm. there's just been so many um but mysterio. The cape and all of that cool stuff really is at the top of
0: my list. What about you? Uh, I'm good. I am thought about it. As you know, I do. As you do. I never pull things out of my ass on this podcast effort. ever. Um, I think Mysterio does stand out. The cape was very, very cool. Not that the whole cosplay wasn't amazing. Right. But it was the cape that really struck me. Um, uh... Um, but the other one, also from the same year at Dragon Con this past year, and I do not know the cosplayer's name, um, so we'll have to maybe look it up, but that, uh, Smaug ball gown, she won one of the costume Mm -hmm. contests at, uh, and she's a cosplayer I've seen a lot on, like, Dragon Con social media, uh and she's done a lot of cool ones um really creative like mashup kind of or spins Mm -hmm. of which you know i'm always more drawn to Lacey santos or santos i don't know she won best fantasy but yeah that's that's her name i want to give her credit because it was amazing Yeah, it was really pretty Uh, you can see pictures of it on the dragon con website she did win best fantasy uh for the 2021 masquerade. Mass grade. Yep. Uh it was just a really cool costume, a really cool take on Smaug. She had really amazing makeup. Um headpiece, the dress was beautiful. Mm-hmm. All around just really cool costume. Yeah. Uh and like I said, I always tend to it's just a personal, you know, I don't don't know about preference, but that's the kind of costumes that I like to make. So I that's the kind of costumes that I like to see, not right. that, again I don't like seeing movie actor costumes, you know, it's just it was a cool spin, a creative spin, Absolutely. and really well done overall. Like, she yep. deserved she deserved to win. Of course, all the costumes were great. Right. So, but, yeah, anyway. That would be the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, so
1: on today's episode, um, I think we're done with corners now. So on today's episode, uh, we are interviewing um, our friend, Athol Artistry, uh, otherwise known as Cynthia. Um, and she has worked for Disney in the costume department. She has won... Um, her Universe fashion show before. Um, she She's just really freaking talented and just really a cool human being. And we were really excited to get to know her. Welcome, Cynthia. Uh, we're so excited to have you on. Uh, we actually got to uh, meet you at Dragon Con, which was just awesome. And w- so as soon as we met you, we were like, oh, we have to have her on. Like, your Mysterio costume. We'll get into that. Cool. Well, we won't get ahead of ourselves. Um, you have a really amazing um, kind of story with your cosplaying and all the jobs that you've had and the things that you've got to do. So can you tell us a little bit about how that started?
2: Ah, uh, Yeah, I'll start with I got into my profession because of cosplay. So that's the interesting thing. I started cosplaying in 2003. Way, way, we're going in the way, way back machine. Um, (laughs) So I saw an advertisement in um, an old publication called, I think, um, An America. And it was um, an advertisement for Oticon in Baltimore. um, And I think literally I saw pictures of people dressed up and it looked really fun. And uh, I told my best friend, let's, you know, let's try it out. And then we dressed up for our first uh, convention and we really caught the bug ever since. Um, And it's funny because we're both, we both went on to do more creative uh, work. Like I do specifically uh, costumes full time or at least that was, you know, I used to do that full time. Now I'm still, sewing but more in wearable technology and um Tiffany my best friend she now is a videographer so she does all of the camera work so it's really interesting how um cosplay kind of really opened us up creatively and from there I grad I it's funny because one piece of advice like you know I I don't necessarily have to give people now but I feel like they should still know Um, I Like when I was growing up and fandom was relatively still niche and cosplay and stuff like that. And sometimes we see it still where costumers uh, and cosplay are somehow like um, divergent in their thinking and things like that well i used to think that way where cosplay people in the costuming industry wouldn't take me seriously uh as a costumer because of cosplay stuff you know i'm like well you know i'm just having fun they're just gonna think it's silly and that you know i'm not up to snuff which is totally totally incorrect because now that cosplay is part of the mainstream um Yeah. Like there's no reason for costuming and cosplay to not intermingle and learn from each other now. And yeah, it was a terrible, like I kind of got into the costuming profession late because I didn't think like, you know, that cosplay, I thought it was just a hobby or something like just fun you know I mean something where even my family was like oh we thought you'd grow out of it you know after high school or something and I'm like well I'm around like 32 so
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: so you went to school um for Japanese and visual arts that affect your costume designing and your cosplaying um oh
2: I think the visual art did just because once again, I've always been really love interested in tinkering, uh, painting, just thinking about, you know, 2D forms into 3D shapes, things like that. So like, I've always had a more, I guess, uh, right brain kind of personality. Um, but yeah, so, but the Japanese thing, well, the Japanese thing is funny because like, I think, um, because I really love anime and fandom, of course, I was one of the kids that was like, well, I wanna learn more about Japan and things like that. And so I did go to a couple cosplay events while in Japan. So that was a fun experience. It's, yeah, it's really interesting how, in some ways it kind of was, but to be honest, it just kind of took my own drive and like leap of faith. Cause when I got out of school, I was looking for jobs in Japanese and art, but it was just so tough. Um, I think I got out of school in two thousand and twelve. and then, you know, people were still recovering from two thousand and eight, and there wasn't a lot of like hiring at the time. Um, but one of the things I kind of threw my resume at was I was like, well, you know i i have i have a I have a seasonal job in Orlando at Disney. And I could work as an intern in like the Orlando theater down there. So I I threw my resume out with my cosplay stuff and they were, they gave me a shot. And then I kind of never looked back since. And I was like, Oh, Oh wow. Like people actually think the cosplay is cool. You know, like they think that it's like, Oh, I actually do have skills to contribute to the profession and things like that. So it was like, it was just kind of like, Really, those those stepping stones of believing in your skills and you know all the things that you've acquired over the years. So,
1: speaking of Disney, you worked for Disney and you were doing patterns and costumes. Can you kind of dive into that and how crazy that must have been?
2: Yeah, yeah. Disney is definitely like a crazy, awesome environment to work in as a seamstress, um, and I have worked. I've worked at, uh, based in Disney World in Florida. Um, And I've also worked on board of the Disney Cruise Line. So I've, you know, been, I've sewed and sailed at the same time. Um, And so, yeah, uh, the, the Disney experience kind of moving in from my experience in theater. And then I actually did work at SeaWorld for a little bit in their costume department. And then I went into, I took a pattern, not pattern, uh, sewing test first. I took the sewing test at Disney um, and I passed that, which was very difficult actually. And <laughs> then I think- yeah, um, that's
1: but, what I'm gonna be like, oh, that sounds very intimidating.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it can be. It's funny because like talking to um, some of my friends who have worked in film and things like that and some of the house costuming for film, like, you know, they're like, oh, I sewed, like, this pocket, and then I put a zipper in, like, you know, it's kind of, like, relatively, it's not, like, super easy stuff, but it's just, like, more simplified stuff, and then for Disney, it was, like, oh, um, yeah, cut and sew uh, a female bodice in two hours Go. <laughs> and I was, like, whoa, um, yeah, so it, it can be pretty difficult, uh, I mean, but once again, they want they want the best talent that they can find. And if, you know, that's exactly what they're going to get with those tests. Um, so starting from there, I just kind of worked my way up. Uh, I did a lot of stuff for, you know, you you kind of work on everything. Um, I didn't do I didn't do any animatronic work. Uh, that's like a different um, area that I didn't work in. But I did just mostly do the costumes for all of the other performers and things like that. So all of the people performers. Um, and done a lot of the work for Star Wars, uh, Marvel. Marvel is always like some of my favorite projects to work on, um, like uh, Loki. I know Loki's debut at Disneyland, I believe, was one of the projects that I was working on. And then Black Panther's debut at Disneyland when the film was coming out, I worked on that as a garment cutter. So I would cut all of the patterns before sending them to the seamstresses to sew. Um, So yeah, it's like a big giant factory process. So you have different areas, you have the pattern makers who are making the patterns. um, And then you have the garment cutters who, they get the digital patterns and then they have to cut all of the pattern pieces and organize them in a way. I didn't realize that
1: that was, you know, like it's such an assembly line.
2: Yeah, exactly. It is, it's a a big assembly line. It's a big production. Um, Yeah. The building used to have about 100 seamstresses in it. So that's a lot of sewing machines going at the same time. (laughs) So it gets very noisy. Um, And the Florida department makes costumes for all over the world. So I've done work for Shanghai, Tokyo, Disneyland Paris, uh, when they were doing their Marvel uh, Summer of Heroes, when they were doing that too. Um, So like Doctor Strange for them was something that I had worked on as a garment cutter as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting and quite a production, but I I loved it. I thought it was, it was definitely a great place for me to hone skills and learn and grow definitely because they do a lot of innovative things that you know now, honestly, I have used some of the techniques that I've learned like at Disney now as an engineer, because now my job is an engineer for wearable technology, and so I'm bringing some of that costume knowledge into tech. <laughs> That's kind of wild, but yeah.
0: So this is something I don't know how much you can speak to on this. This may be proprietary Disney information, but when you're <laughs> when you're working on a costume like something like Loki or Black Panther, I'm assuming they want it to look as similar as possible to the movies so how much are you given then like are you able to see the actual costumes from the movie or are you basing it on like you know a grainy screenshot like most cosplayers (laughs) are like the best reference that we can have like how much uh reference (laughs) that's definitely
2: a great question but luckily because disney owns marvel (laughs) we can have We can have a big communication with a lot of the movie departments. So like one example, um, I don't necessarily think this is like super proprietary because it's not like a secret or like, you know, it's not, I'm not giving away any secrets, but um, when uh, we had one of Cumberbatch's cloaks in uh, in in the sewing room when we were trying to recreate Strange for Disneyland, so yes, we do sometimes get like samples from the studios that have actually done the screen, used costumes for um, the actors, and then also, um, or the movie studios will send us um, a pattern of some sort. Um, I believe. Well, the funny thing is, um, this this is an interesting little tidbit. But when I think Matt, when uh, Captain America Mackie's version of it debuted at Disneyland. Um the costume that was worn by the performer was actually one of Mackie's screen used costumes because oh, it was just cool. Yeah. So of course that performer was like losing his mind because he's like literally <laughs> right. But it was just kind of one of those things where we have such a good relationship with the studios um that you know we can if if needed like you know we can we can use a costume for whatever. We actually, for a special event, we had um, the Nova Corps uniforms from Guardians. Like we had some of the screen used ones for that, for a special event like the Star-Lord and Gamora. So, so yeah, like we don't always have to make like all of the crazy stuff that we use in the parks. Like some of it actually is screen used. It's kind of wild. That's awesome.
1: I wouldn't have thought of that. Um,
2: do you have like a favorite project that you got to work on uh through disney oh uh yeah definitely dr strange <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely him because um his cloak is incredible um and it takes takes forever to build um but yeah like that was definitely i think my favorite project is that and then you know just kind of getting getting him ready for oh um yeah, like for when he was um, debuted at Hollywood Studios, which was like totally on the DL, which was really funny. So he was, he was in Florida for a short time when the movie was coming out, but he was like really hush-hush because technically we're not allowed to have Marvel characters right. within 10, 10 miles of Universal. So Strange was in the park, but they didn't advertise it publicly. Because that was actually before we created his costume in-house, so that was one of the costumes from the uh, movie house studio. And so when that one came in, um, I was the first seamstress to do the alterations on that for the park, so that was pretty cool. So that was the first time we ever had Strange Ever. So that was, yeah, so like he has a special place in my heart.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned Marvel, you've gotten into Marvel. So let's talk about for a second, your Mysterio cosplay, um, and that amazing cape and just all, how, how did that, how did you get into that? How did all of that Mm -hmm. with technical stuff get started because
2: that thing is insane the whole thing yeah. <laughs> thank you well no I, I genuinely appreciate that and that costume has like a wild story uh, on itself as well as far as like um that was my big pandemic project and also springboarded me into my current job it's, it's wild but long story long <laughs> uh, I've always like I have always been a fan of Joe at Hall, so when he played Mysterio I was like oh my god I need to make that because <laughs> it was incredible and so that was literally how it started I think it was like literally the most complicated damn costume Marvel has ever put on a screen <laughs> since then because you literally had like Thor's cape you had some armor you had a bodysuit with like a muscle suit underneath it was like everything everything under the sun and it had lights and it yeah it was just it, of course i would choose the most complicated Marvel casting but yeah so i started it literally in like fall 2019 before the great choir um and i literally had a ticket to ace comic-con in boston March 2020 a week before lockdown happened to meet Dylan Hall and literally I was like down to the wire all the events were closing and I was like no (laughs) but yeah it was just kind of like it became like my big pandemic project where I could just sit and um, because, you know, Disney had closed down and we were on unemployment at the time. And so I was like, well, let me just take the time to create the best, craziest, most complicated thing that like I've ever done. And that's exactly what I did with the lights in the cave, um, researching um, LEDs. Uh, I think that was, yeah, that was the first time I've done LEDs in a costume and so, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of research, and a lot of screen caps, and sitting there, and taking, you know, proportional calculations, because Hall is 6'2", and I'm five feet nothing, (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely a wild, it was a wild ride, but honestly, it gave me a lot of, it definitely was the most satisfying project that i've ever done and i'm so glad that you guys got to see it at drag con because oh, i love i remember
1: so and- i remember i like walking up and seeing Hay- our friends Haley and michael and be like oh there's Haley and michael and then i was like oh my gosh and because we had followed you we've been following you on instagram for a while and i think we'd even yeah. talked forth a little bit and um so I was like, that oh was- my God, I'm so excited. And we walk up and Jesse's like, that cape. Like, oh, my and then mm-hmm. af- after we left, she was like,
0: I wanted to look at that cape uh-huh. up close. Like, did you mm-hmm. see those lights? I, I talked can- about it all weekend. Yeah. And then when, we did, <laughs> when we did our Dragon Con episode of the podcast, I was like, y'all should have seen this cape. It was one <laughs> of <laughs> the most insane cosplay pieces I've seen because I was like, I my brain couldn't wrap around it right i was like how does it even it's fabric but it's lighting up it's like (laughs) what like it's pretty good it's
3: pretty good
2: i genuinely appreciate that and that was definitely very difficult because unlike most uh film costumes where it's mostly cgi like no but Jalen hall had those lights in his cape and that was well that was yeah he did because the funny story about that was uh the costumer kept getting mad because he would sit down and sit on the circus and oh, short out the cake yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's yeah so it was like it was funny so yeah no those all those lights uh, are functional um so yeah that was the thing i had to figure out how the how the frick to make these functional flowy lights and so um so yeah i i 3d printed these like tiny housing for the lights, um, and I found these nice uh, diffused panels from Ad- Adafruit, um, and I sewed the light housings into a cake. So uh, it's 3D printed, but I added um, uh, drill holes for sewing so that it is still part of the fabric. So it was it was definitely um, definitely techniques once again that I had learned from doing some of the Marvel costumes and things like that that I incorporated into my own work so that was that was really cool that was like once again like I think one of the greatest takeaways is now I can expand upon what I tinker with and and personally and it's I don't know it's wild do
1: you do you consider Mysterio like your favorite your favorite piece you've worked on
3: like cosplay Um, with
2: Yeah, hands down. He's definitely, I think, um, that's the funny thing. I think as I go, each new costume, because like, I'm very particular about what I, what I'm, what I find passion and focus in, as opposed to when I was younger and I was like, oh, let me just make all this, like, let me wear like two costumes a day and make all these crazy things and honestly rush at the end and maybe half of them are good, you know, now <laughs> I like, yeah, exactly, now I like hyper focus on one character that really can keep my attention and keep me interested and make that one just like amazing and learn along the way and it's just cosplay has definitely been an opportunity for me to learn and grow, like the, the, the techniques are endless. So, so yeah, it's just really funny how everyone can find a talent and you know you don't have to be boxed into something but if you're passionate about it like you can be the best person at it. Um, I don't know cosplay's amazing. That's literally the whole vibe of this podcast. You don't know. We just love cosplay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. this cosplay is amazing. I don't, it's like one of those things where I'm like, I don't know how I got here. I just made a, a Raroni Kensu costume when I was 13 and now I'm 32. And look at this.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's really funny. Uh okay, so Paige asked you about your favorite cosplay um that you've made. Uh do you have a least
2: favorite? Ooh, oh, least favorite. I think it I, it has to be, like, something that, oh, oh, it's probably, like, um, it was a, um, it was a, a Bleach, anime Bleach, one of the characters, I think, is Zuru from that, that uh, fandom, and I was so embarrassed because I think in two thousand and eight, like I once again, i I was still in high school. I yeah, I was still in high school and I didn't really know too much about wigs. And I um I didn't really I don't even know how many wig sellers there were at the time other than Cosplay.com and Amphibore. And because I didn't really have a whole lot of money to spend like, you know, fifty dollars on a wig or whatever it was at the time. I just I just went to Party City and I was like, oh, let me just like try to use this wig, and then it just it just looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> was just of those things where I, I look back and I'm like, I was doing my best, <laughs> but I understand <laughs> like nowadays, like I'm so jealous of a lot of people nowadays because the resources are just endless, and then mm-hmm. like. And then, like, me back in the day where I was, like, Party City wig, um, giant paper mache props, which actually, they look good, but it's just funny where I'm, like, nah, man, it's paper mache, we didn't have any Warbler or phone or <laughs> you know? So, yeah, other than that, I can't think of any, um, I mean, I've had, <laughs> I've I've had, like, cosplay mishaps, but I can't say that a costume would be not my favorite because of it like let's just say I did one where once again this was before you know now I'm a professional I understand materials but uh, I did one costume from a video game series called Sengoku Basura and I did Kasuga who is a ninja and she was like super tight pants and, and crazy with scrabby dudes but anyway so I tried to make because her pants looked like leather and I don't think at the time I realized that like why didn't you just make it out of like faux leather spandex like that was I think that was an option at the time it was 2010 I think (laughs) but anyway so yeah like because like the patterning was you know the patterning was not great and it wasn't a good material so like I didn't really realize until later that like for two days that I wore this costume, I had this really weird um fold right on the crotch of my pants. So yeah, there, there are things like that that happen where you're just like, I didn't know at the time. Literally every cosplayer is like, well,
3: did going
2: to happen? Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like everyone has those moments. I mean, granted. Granted, now I'm much more discerning about like which fabrics and like which techniques, exactly. so, so I can kind of more or less avoid a lot of the pitfalls I made 2010 and before. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but I look back and I'm like, yeah, I've made some pretty rough decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: okay, so I want to get into um, back in 2018. Uh, you won the Her Universe uh, fashion show at SDCC, um, yeah. which which led you to some other really cool opportunities. So can you kind of go into that and tell us a little bit about your piece that you uh,
3: won with? And yeah, so Her Universe, I it was definitely one thing where I wanted to challenge myself as a seamstress. Um, sorry, sorry about that, Thor. Stop. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna he might he might want to be interviewed someday. So I made a dress based off of um, Doug Jones's creature from uh, The Shape of Water by Guillermo del Toro, because I I had been in the fashion show in 2016, actually. And so since that experience, I was like, this is such a really cool opportunity for uh, people that are really passionate about fandom, passionate about just uh, fashion and sewing and, and just geek culture and geek couture um, that I got really hooked on it. And I was always thinking about new designs. Every, every time I saw a film, I was like, oh, that would be cool to make like uh, a dress inspired by this or that. And um, I saw the movie I think it was literally the last day it was going to be in theaters, and I I was amazed. I was amazed by the colors and the storyline, and then I was like, it would be incredible to create this, this gown, this mermaid kind of creature style gown for the fashion show, and uh, when I submitted it, it was lucky enough to be one of the ones chosen um because it is it is quite a competitive jury process um uh, the fashion show is and um the first 30 people to sign up are um i hope people on the uh listening end enjoy uh, thor uh but anyway sorry <laughs> it's not it's it's unlike <laughs> It's not like a lot of uh, cosplay competitions where it's a sign-up process um, and you're relatively guaranteed a spot. It's more like a juried process where you submit designs beforehand and they choose what they want to see in the show. And then once they choose your design, you make that in literally like two months Yeah. So you have two months to make these crazy, like, you know, couture level gowns and you're not going to sleep for two months, let's just say. Um, So, yeah, but I, I was very lucky enough to get the uh, judge's choice award for my uh, shape of water gown. And it was incredible. And I cried and I was like, (laughs) Like that, yeah, I I was just really genuinely amazed because the uh, prize that year was also going into where it was so serendipitous. Uh, Each year the winners will design for Hot Topic for a particular fandom. And that year I thought that because uh, Fantastic Beasts was coming out, and I knew that they, you know, Hot Topic, Harry Potter was big. I was like, oh, must be Fantastic Beasts this year that they're going to design for. And then it happened to be Marvel. So they announced the prize. And I was like, oh my God, I want this so bad. And then they said my name. And I was like, oh, I'm crying. I'm a baby. But yeah, it was just incredible. Because I, I was able to design um, when Endgame was coming out. I was able to design a dress for Iron Man, for Captain America and Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it was, it, was really, it was a really fun experience. So we kind of were able to choose like which, which character we wanted to do. And yeah, throughout that whole process, yes, I was like one of the representatives from Marvel sat us down and talked with us about like the film. You know, we had to, of course, sign crazy NDAs to not even talk about it, which was funny because a lot of the information, looking back, a lot of the information that he gave was like um, uh, red herrings, if that makes sense. Because I was like, I was watching the film and I was like, wait, he that's not what he said would happen, you know? <laughs> So Marvel likes to do that a lot where they keep their secrets so tight that they will mislead people um, who I work just for them. Up lie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really, it's really funny. So they will do that. Um, but yeah, so in the end, it was really amazing to design for them. And then also it was really amazing to see when Avengers Campus later opened, I think earlier last year. Um, you know people were wearing my iron man dress right for the opening and i was like oh my god my heart like it was just i i i will never forget that opportunity and i'll be like always grateful that you know i could be part of the marvel universe you know in in another way not just you know through seamstressing through also clothing design and yeah it was incredible so yeah. <laughs> Um, so
1: we know that you were in the Villain Vogue fashion show at Dragon Queen, um, is competing or, you know, doing more of the fashion show type things. Is that something that you enjoy or is that just kind of like, well, I've made this, I might as well show it off? all. Uh,
3: well, that's the funny thing. Um, honestly, I think it, it's more of the latter, as you say, where I'm like, oh, I spent like especially for mysterio i spent um you know i spent almost two years like making him throughout the pandemic so i was like you know what i will wear this costume until it literally falls off my body (laughs) right so so yeah so i think and also the funny thing about the villains in vogue was um i think one of the representatives from the fashion show at dragon Con had dm'd me on instagram it was like hey would you like to be in the show this year and i was like oh yeah like why not like let's do it so right. i think it's just yeah it's 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 the community surrounding also the the thing about villains in vogue though is no competition so it was honestly so fun because of how chill it was um and you know people are just there to show off their costumes and they're you know as opposed to maybe a competition environment where it's um definitely more uh, not cutthroat but just more there's a lot more emotions into it because everyone's just like really passionate about what they made and they want you know they want to be there for to win and stuff like that so so yeah I think it's just for me it's not It's not necessarily, I I honestly don't really, competition is competition. I don't really strive on competition. I more strive on having that goal to work towards where I'm like, you know, I want to make this thing. Let me put that deadline in place. And so that deadline is usually a competition of some sort because Mm -hmm. that's gonna light that fire under my ass to finish it, you know? so, yeah, I don't think necessarily, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't really like thrive on the concept of competition, but it it definitely is something that I use to push myself.
1: Awesome. Um, okay. So we're going to, we're going to start wrapping up a little bit. Do you yeah. have anything? Um, I know you said you're excited. You're working on Doc Ock. Do you have, what are you up to right now? What are you working on that's like really exciting for you or uh, any cons this year that you're excited about?
3: Oh yeah, that's the funny thing. Like, um, well, DragCon, of course, whoop, whoop. I want to go to DragCon, um, oh got, my, got my Westin room, but um, I honestly, I think I would like to, I have, uh, this is such an open-ended question because the pandemic has genuinely put this like um, brain fog on me where I'm like, because, right. I still have to wear a mask at work you know so I'm like I don't know should like I did Dragon Con and that was amazing and everyone was safe and it was a fantastic experience but then you know Omicron happened and then I'm like oh no maybe I like should do events again and then you know so so I am kind of in that weird um of i i don't really have any cons planned immediately other than dragon con because it's it's also my birthday weekend so it's like this is for me this is definitely for me um, yeah because i know once again like um the funny thing is i'm actually from the northern virginia dc area so like you ladies i would usually be at cats and cons you know, yeah. <laughs> so that's we're we're thing. super bummed this year. Not like we're yeah. like, oh, why are we not there right now? Yeah. I know, I know. And so I, it's just, it definitely is such a weird year. And I, I have been trying to find a con to focus on or a goal to have. Um, so, yeah, I, I think my big, big, big goal I'd like to go to New York Comic Con for the first time um, this year. So, I want to make that a goal. Um but other than that the thing that's getting me excited is I've moved to Texas recently and they have some of the best renaissance fairs around so yeah so, so I'm probably going to go to the the renaissance fair next month and that's exciting but yeah I think that'll help me to get back out there and um get you know wet my feet into conventions again cuz I have been away for quite a while
1: right um Okay, I've got one more question for you. Um, What is something that you would want to tell anybody that is starting out in cosplay um, or costuming or anything like that?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask. Like, that's the biggest one. Don't be afraid to ask somebody, like, how they did something or just how they got started. Because, once again, with how... Here's the other thing. With how ingrained a lot of creative people are in like the entertainment industry, you may not know like how this person can like help to inspire you, help you to get into the field you want. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Mandalorian because I met and I'm pretty good friends with two of, actually three, of the costumers for Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Um, mm-hmm. just because of like cosplay and like her universe and things like that. Mm-hmm. So so it's really wild how yeah, just you never know who you're gonna run into, you never know who you're gonna meet. But yeah, if if you're passionate about it, definitely one, believe in yourself because once again, that was my biggest hurdle was like not believing that people would take me seriously because I like to dress up in spandex. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, but yeah, like believe in yourself and then, you know, just a- ask questions, ask people how they got started, how they got into their field. So, yeah, they're they they love to talk about it because
0: they they're passionate about costumes too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So this isn't really a question so much as a request, but uh, tell our listeners where they can find you and all of your amazing work on social media.
3: Oh yeah. Honestly, um, I have Facebook, I have the TikToks and I, you know, I have most of the apps, but I really am only on Instagram <laughs> pretty actively. So you can find me on Instagram under uh, Artistry, uh A-T-H-E-L underscore artistry um and that's where i post i post uh i post all of my costume stuff progress uh work uh, and also in my stories you can see my cats loki and thor so mm, that's
1: my that's my favorite part
3: <laughs> yeah exactly i think like all cre- all creative people like have their little shop pets and it's my favorite part <laughs> right, right i
1: love But right, i love like seeing like different
3: uh seamstresses like
1: they have like their fabric laid out. And you know, the first thing the cats are gonna do is like go lay on that fabric. Like, and I just oh, love that yeah. like, this is what happens like.
3: <laughs> well, well, that's what's always makes me laugh is that I have to, if I go to an event or a convention, I have to pack lint rollers just because the cats, like they love to like, they love to lay on your costumes. They love to be, they love to help quote unquote when mm-hmm. you're packing. Um, but yeah, so it's, you're right. Like it's, it's kind of a treat just to see how the animals are just like, but I'm helping. <laughs> yes, our kitten just, oh, he's two now, but he's the youngest cat in our
1: house. Uh, when I was sewing earlier this week, he was like reaching his like paw like, and I'm like, you oh, are going to get hurt. Stop it. I like, know. I are trying to play with the needle. And I was like,
3: no. My, uh, well, yeah, that's the funny thing is that I know Loki, he's gotten, now that he's six months, he's, he's heavy enough to sit on the pedal <laughs> of my industrial sewing machine and turn it on. So yeah, like I'm at that phase where I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, you might actually kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Cynthia,
1: thank you so much for being on with us today. We really, really appreciate it. We had so much fun talking yeah. to you, and we cannot wait to see you maybe at DragonCon this year,
3: maybe yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, 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 hopefully somewhere else. Maybe that Comic Palooza you had mentioned, but yeah, DragonCon definitely. DragonCon yeah. is woo. DragonCon is home. It's home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesse and Paige. You ladies <laughs> are amazing. I
1: really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> uh okay guys thank you so much for listening in to today's episode we hope that you enjoyed learning a little bit more about cynthia and all her amazing work um we had a really great time talking to her um so we hope you enjoyed it uh if you want to follow along with us you can do that on social media we're on facebook and instagram at cosplay and cocktails pod we're over on twitter at cosplay pod and on tiktok we are cosplay and cocktails um you can send us stuff there you can just follow along um or uh Jessie has a plethora of other options for you
0: uh, a plethora plethora um so if you prefer you can uh email me uh our email you can send to it <laughs> Uh, weird fish pics, interesting plants and mushrooms. Your daughter showed me an interesting mushroom earlier. No, oh, yeah. Look like a penis. Oh. Uh, it was a little bit phallic. This mushroom. He was a little. Oh, the squishmallow. Yeah. Uh, interesting plants and mushrooms. Pictures of you and cosplay, cosplays you're working on, or you don't have to show us pictures if you don't want. Just tell us about it. Tell us what you're working on. We're interested. Cons you're going to. Cons we should go to. Uh, you know the kind of content we like by now. If this is your first episode, I think you're a sociopath if you start here instead of the <laughs> beginning. Unless you are a fan of Cynthia's, if you follow um, Athel Artistry and... That's what's led you here. That's what's led you here. Welcome. Fair enough. We're nice. Fair enough. But go back and start at the beginning or else none- nothing makes sense. Get to know us a little, won't you? You might yep. probably like us. <laughs> people do. Um, people do. So, we're okay. So, we try real hard. We do try real we hard. We try real hard. And we're, I would say, we're better people than like not everyone, but like 80% probably. We're, we're good. We're good. So, it, it, go back and start at the beginning. Don't judge our sound quality, though. Yeah, don't judge our sound quality. You know, we maybe we'll go back and re-record those, do like a special edition like George Lucas did to Star Wars. Yeah. And, you know, put in like a bunch of CGI and everyone hates it and gets real bad. Right. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Uh, corrections. If we said something that was wrong, say, hey, you said this thing that was wrong. Um, uh, yeah, that's the... Questions for I Ask You a Question Corner. Um... Answers to the question: What's a really really cool cosplay? If you attach a picture, that's bonus points. Yeah, it is. You get. I'm gonna start keeping score of who emails us, and uh, if you win, then at a convention, you get um, a sticker, and I will say awkward things at you. She'll, and maybe other she'd trinkets do that anyway. I'll bring trinkets from my house. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I will bring you something from my house. Whoever has the most Jesse points by Dragon con, if you're at Dragon Con, you get something from my house. I about bet I can tell you who's gonna win uh i got there's two two options maybe I'll bring both of them stuff from my house, so this is just gonna become everyone gets weird <laughs> I don't know how to express my emotions. So, anyone that interacts with us in a positive way, I bring you a weird trinket. Like, I'm Boo Bradley, basically. Right. <laughs> I will hide a trinket for you in a tree <laughs> to find at Dragon Con. <laughs> Look in the lions. If you win the contest I've just invented, which is called Jesse Points, and if you email something that I'm like, like that, you get Jesse Points that I determine, uh... And I will bring... If you're at a convention that we're going to bring out, I'll bring you something for my house. People are not going to want this. They're going to be, like, purposely not right. entering. Nobody so ever emails get, us again. <laughs> the podcast dies Avoid getting Jesse Prints. If you've seen... This is a segue here. If you've seen my underground alt-cosplaying cocktail so, so, social media, you've seen some of the things in my house. And there's some cool shit in my house. So, um... Anyway... That's segues to that. If you don't want to follow our mainstream actually related to the podcast content, follow me on Alt Cosplaying Cocktails where I will be just throwing stuff to the wall and seeing what sticks, um, random ramblings, maybe some music, maybe some more fandomy y stuff. But yeah, so anyway, if you want to follow along on <laughs> Jesse's Journey of Madness, my our alt accounts are uh, at cosplaypod. Uh, we got it. You don't. Um, um, If they wanted to send something uh, to yeah, the- If you want to send an actual email to our actual email, I do check those as well. That's at CosplayPod. It's not at. That's the second time I've done that. Mm-hmm. It's just CosplayPod at gmail.com. Um, that's how emails work. So CosplayPod at gmail.com. That's gmail.com. I took your line. Whoa, what do you think about rude. that? What do you think about that? You want to say it? You have to say it because I will. Oh, I have anxiety don't say it. Do you want me to do the... <laughs> well, you haven't said our normal one yet. I did. Cosplaying Cocktails Pod. Did I screw it up? Yeah. Oh, okay. You I said thought, Cosplay Pod. I thought I did. Yeah. Uh, I thought I said it correctly. So why don't you just say our, this one? Our full email, which is way too long, but sorry about it. Apparently we're sticking with it, is pod at com? That's gmail.com. There we go. Um. No. Okay, are we done? I reckon we're done. I reckon, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye.